There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's BudPod 208. 208. Um, driving. But we're not late. Because we're on tour. We're in a car. We're being driven by tour manager Paul, and Paul is always on time. It's true. He's not always there when you call, but he's always on time. (laughs) Um, For clarity, we are literally in a car driving from Durham to Glasgow on tour. So when we say we're we're on the road, we are literally on the road. It's literally on the road. It's CarPod, the first Mm. episode of CarPod. CarPod. We can make some of that Top Gear money. Yeah. The car has four wheels. It's... Goes in a it goes in a straight line. It does. This one is a beauty. This model of car, it goes forward and backward. It does, yeah. Um, if you turn the wheel, the wheels all the wheels on the ground turn in the same direction. Yes, and that means you can turn instead of just going in a straight line forever and gradually. If you think about it, leaving planet Earth. I think theoretically you could leave planet Earth in this car. So good. I give it <laughs> five wheels out of five. Yeah, five wheels out of five. You have to have a spare. Um, very nice. Well, we <laughs> we, um, we had a lovely hotel breakfast. There were omelets involved. Yes, we got omelets. We got um, cool bicycle. Motorbike just went past. Cool. Uh, Hell's Angel just went by. God, this is dynamic. This is fun. This, this is, is gonzo. the future. This is the future of podcasting. I think. Yeah, being driven around. I feel like a war correspondent or something. I feel like we're doing some sort of pirate radio thing where we're broadcasting, uh. but we're having to drive. Yeah. So that they can't triangulate where we are. To stay out of the law. We have to keep changing jurisdictions. Yeah, the law doesn't want you to hear a podcast about shit. We're in international waters. Yeah. I can see that we're peaking a bit, which is oh. strange because we shouldn't be that. In quality. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Okay. Uh, will that be fine? Yes. I. Now, Phil. Yeah. You finally saw Elvis. I don't oh. know if, should we talk <laughs> yes. about it on the main part or should we? Well, well the, this know. is the main part. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I guess it's a popular enough film, right? Also, I can't keep in my feelings about Elvis anymore. Yeah, we need to talk about Elvis. So I finally watched the movie Elvis, released <laughs> um, last this year, last year. And Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann. And you'd think he'd have calmed down in his old age, but <laughs> if anything, he's only got more cocaine in his style. It's <laughs> what a crazy bad movie Elvis by Baz Luhrmann is. <laughs> I love Elvis, and that movie gave me a headache. I, yeah. it, it, the, the number of cuts, you weren't kidding about the roulette wheels turning into the wheels of his car turning into his eyes turning into the moon turning into a pizza yeah every fucking transition is like is like the editor is submitting a project to his a-level film editing class yeah and it's a show ve- his teacher he can do all of it yeah it's a very um every effect in powerpoint yes. film yes it gave me a headache Th- this is how i summed up the movie elvis to you pierre it's like watching <laughs> 
a two and a half hour long trailer for the movie Elvis. Yes, 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 yes. I There's, love that. There isn't a single shot that's longer than five seconds. <laughs> there isn't a single scene longer than 20 seconds. It's like a perfume advert. It's so sporadic and nonsensical. That's perfect, because it is like a perfume advert as well in the sense that um, the narrator, the colonel, is often in a sort of insanely obviously green screened like like netherworld yes like a sort of he's he's inside a metaphorical casino even though he's on his deathbed sort of going oh Elvis I remember when I first taught him and he but he's sort of he's green screened as obviously as like YouTubers are also I've just realized this yeah so 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 the the narrator is the this crazy uh, Colonel Manager of Elvis who's yeah. got the crazy Dutch voice and it sort of comes back to him in this netherworld dreamscapey casino Yeah. but then at the end of the movie in the title cards it says that he was that he ended up roaming the casinos of Las Vegas until his dying days yes and you go oh so you could have just had him in a casino Yes, that's a good point. You could have just showed him reminiscing, mumbling while he was senile in the 90s. Because it's not a metaphor. No. If he literally did end <laughs> up just wandering casinos, is it? <laughs> you could have just had him in present day wandering casinos. Yeah. Narrating. It was also when he was old and sick, we had Tom Hanks in a fat suit, in an old suit. Yeah. Kind of thing. So they were like, okay. Not only do you now have to look all fat, you have to look fat and old on top of the fat, <laughs> even though you're old under the fat. So now we need you to kind of... Like, there was a lot of layers of deception going on with Hanks. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it bad. Now, uh, Austin Butler is a good Elvis, it has to be said. Excellent The best Elvis. bits in the movie is when he's just reenacting the classic, some of the classic Elvis concerts. Yeah. And he does it great. He sings it great. He dances great. He moves just like him. He's really, really good. Yeah. But those scenes are maybe 0.2% of the movie. <laughs> my, my, you know, my, my other podcast slash radio colleague, Frank Skinner, who is an Elvis obsessive. Ah. And has done documentaries about Elvis. And right. Owns his, one of his shirts, I think. He has one um, of his. He owns one of Elvis's shirts. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> I think wow. so. Yeah. Okay. He was saying that when when Austin Butler was being Elvis, it was like shot for shot the same as all the most famous concerts. Like right. it was like exact to yeah. the point where like you couldn't tell if they were cutting between the real thing or if. Yeah, that's good. So all that stuff is perfect, and if there had been more of that, yeah, that would have been great. But there was a lot of Tom Hanks in a fat suit, smash cutting in between maybe three different decades sometimes there's some leaping yes, around there's so much leaping around there's leaping around across decades within the same scenes that there was leaping around between in the time scale of like minutes yeah and so you just end up so confused and tired Elvis seemed to spend most of his time watching the news of people being shot yeah because he lived through a lot of high profile assassinations yeah and the movie wants to imply that he was Afraid of that. Viscerally, well, more than who's viscerally moved by every single one. Yeah, he would he would always watch and like very slowly remove a massive pair of gold sunglasses. I didn't even get the impression that he developed a phobia of assassination. Did he? When when he was running around, remember he kicked open his own door with his forty-four revolver. Oh and was like, yeah. Well, ain't no one gonna kill Elvis. Yeah. All these people think they're gonna be the guy who killed Elvis, and right. he's like all sweaty. Right. And the lady he's been banging is like, Elvis, what's going on? Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. you shut up. <laughs> you going to assassinate me? I'm going to take some more medicine. 
and he's taking loads of pills and stuff. But all, all his drugs were prescribed. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't doubt it. But he was really anti-illegal drugs. Interesting. There's an account of That's some girl American microcosm. Totally, yeah. Some some lady admitting to him that she'd smoked some weed or something. He's like, "Why would you do a thing like that?" Like he's really upset at her while he's popping like quaaludes and Vicodin and fucking meth, basically just yeah. speed. Yeah. Oh, my doctor gave it to me. So yeah. it's medicine. It's a crazy old movie that somehow also manages to avoid a lot of the interesting stuff about Elvis. We never really saw him get fat. And we never really, apart from the sweaty montage with the guns where he did shoot some TVs, which is what you what you want. Also you never the, saw him go too crazy. They, sh- they shy away from, you know, one of the main controversies about Elvis was, you know, did he sort of essentially steal black American culture, repackage it? And become um, a multimillionaire from it. I thought they'd lend into that a thousand percent. No, no, it was very sympathetic to him. He, they were all his oh, I friends. see what you mean. I they, thought you I meant mean, they tried to cover it up. Oh no, 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 no. But no, then they, 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 they skirt around it. The, the implication is that he was he was doing everyone a favor, right? Wasn't it? Or that they? No, I thought it was more that it was like a joyously shared thing. Yes, yes, yes. That yeah. everyone was in on it. And maybe it was, but it just yeah. I um, also I, I respected the fact that they made a big deal of the colonel being like, yeah, but this guy's white, so that's great. Yeah, and yeah. you go, that's good. If they wanted to hide it, they could have just not put that in. I suppose it's true. So that was nice, but yeah, I mean, they did make it out to be like, "This is my friend, Bibi King," and they all hang out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Instead of go, oh, I don't know if that happened, but um, I thought that we would see Nixon. What did Ni- oh, Elvis oh. was like friendly with Nixon, oh. like we went and met Nixon. I would have thought Nixon would be very anti-Elvis. No, Elvis, um, the thing in the movie about him only going in the army for national service because he wanted to, that's not true, he just did his national service. Yeah, right. Yes, yeah, so it, w- it wasn't like a PR stunt. No, and also he was in the airborne, which is quite an elite, like... Was Elvis a good soldier? Yeah. Was he? Yeah, he was in the airborne in Germany and stuff. And like did he kill anybody? No, he was in. Um, Did Elvis kill anybody? <laughs> <laughs> but like Elvis is right wing, man. Right, of course. Completely anti illegal drugs, anti hippie. Yeah. All his songs are just about love and America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, I mean, Nick, Nixon loved him. One of, I would say, the most beautiful Elvis song, which isn't his song originally, but I think it's, he does the best rendition. Yeah. Is. Um, Help a brother. An American trilogy, which oh, is yeah. like a medley of. Songs of the South, basically glorifying the South. Yeah, you know, in Dixieland where I was born, early Lord one frosty morn. I mean, glory, glory, hallelujah. I mean, it's basically about how great the South is, and the and how great Dixie is, and how magic and how romantic cotton is. <laughs> and you, yeah. and it took me a while when I I sang that song a lot when I was a teenager. I thought it was so beautiful, and then I I learned a bit more history. And I was like, oh probably can't sing this song in a concert or anything <laughs> but it is beautiful but yeah i mean he's full on like dixie southern glory the, the south he's not full on the south will rise again but the south might rise again yeah well he, he was in that era where like the idea was that these goddamn hippies were the ones who went around killing people like jfk yeah you yeah know? And it, then, it was and like then the hippies were dangerous and charles manson and manson, all that yeah, yeah exactly yeah. there's a great photo of elvis in full vegas like rhinestone cape and all that shit shaking hands with nixon Oh, great. In the White House, like posing with them and stuff. It's really funny. Great. Because it doesn't visually make sense till you dig a, a bit into both of them. It's like the yeah, only celebrity yeah. who was willing to go hang out with Richard Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, um, they, uh, yeah, they, there's lots of stuff they left out or smoothed over. They did a, sort of address the origins of. They had, um, well, B.B. King was in there quite a lot and Sister. Um, 
not Rose something Sister Rose something like that she's the oh. one who invented basically rock and roll with like the electric guitar and stuff it was the lady who was in the club right yeah yeah she yeah, was like a, she was a nun right okay and I think Little Richard was in it yes the young Little Richard a little Little Richard double li- little squared little, little squared Richard, Richard squared yeah yeah but no it, it's um no, it's, it's, it, it, it's like uh, it, it, Baz Luhrmann films are like 300 with the amount of fucking green screen and CGI right yeah 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 it's just there isn't it, too many of the scenes felt like there was no real background and yeah. I know that the colonel was from the Netherlands and I know he probably had a mad voice and Tom Hanks is probably doing a wonderful job but it is a risk to make the guy with the nuttiest fucking voice in the whole story the narrator <laughs> So that even when he's not in a scene, you still have this man saying, "So Elvis went to Germany." Yeah. And uh, oh. yeah, it's not nice. It's like Dracula narrating the story of Elvis. It's not nice. No. It's a bad film, and I watched it with someone who loves it, um, a friend of mine who's watched it. When we watched it together, it was her sixth time watching Elvis. What? Six. Who's the? Who's this? Do I know this person? I don't want to say because <laughs> I think it's technically slander if I name her. <laughs> Sixth time watching Elvis. Yeah, she'd watch it five times all in the cinema. And then the wow. sixth time wow. with me on TV. So she just can't get enough of, like, the colonel wants me to sell bobbleheads. And then arguing over badges and things. She and just loved it so much. She was mouthing along to some of the lines. That's insane. Okay, yeah. That's and then nice. at the end, she was very, she was very, you know that tension that you have at the end of a movie you've recommended to someone? Yeah. And you don't know if they've enjoyed it or not. Yeah. So she had that kind of tension when the movie ended. <laughs> oh, no. And I just got up and I said, Get well, out. that Get was out. really bad. <laughs> that was really, really bad. No, you broke her heart. And she said, no. But I mean, <laughs> I can lie. I can lie. It, it's such a, it's just technically just a very bad movie and it's hard to follow and it's, it's tiring and exhausting and wow, you have no sense of time and place. They loved it that much. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously it's got fans. Oh, sure. Hey, sure, it's got fans. Um, but it's it's a sad story. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I. Now, you, 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 you're currently doing a bit of stand-up where you say you want to die like Elvis at 42 on the toilet. Yes. Um, after watching... Oh, oh, that's something they missed out. That would have been nice. Dying on the toilet. Yeah, they didn't show him dying on the toilet. Well, they sort of ended with the colonel saying like, uh, saying like, oh, some people say it was the, the prescription drugs that killed Elvis, but no, it was love. And I was watching <laughs> oh, it. That like, was so dumb. Was, That's I, right. Yeah, I was watching it like I'm pretty sure it was the prescription drugs. I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure it was pre- prescription drugs, drugs, and the deep fried banana sandwiches, colonel. That, that he was getting flown it. in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we can completely rule out the um, he also had a massive amphetamine abuse. I think he also had a favorite dish. Those he, he literally called shit on a stick. Do yeah, you know about this, it was like a piece of meat on a stick dipped in molasses or something. Yeah, he had some wacky dishes. It was it was deep fried peanut butter and banana and bacon sandwiches. I think. Yeah, that was his with jelly his or maybe jelly in there yeah. as well. Jelly. Um, yeah, it just. Yeah, the, the, what killed him was love. Is the dumbest fucking line I think I've ever. Oh man, that what, sort of what thing. Do they, what, do, what do scriptwriters think love is? <laughs> what do they think love is? Does love? Do they think love can just mean anything that your plot needs? Basically. Oh, what is it? We got a beep. It it, it means this podcast is good. Yeah, the car likes it. <laughs> the car has given the podcast a take. It's like Night Rider. The car likes it. <laughs> 
um, <laughs> we should probably get, we'll we'll probably have to record a, a spoilers warning at the start of this pod now. Well, the Elvis dies <laughs> from love. No, oh, but like oh, what they have in the movie, the scenes that they do and don't have in the movie. No, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Okay, I don't know if that's fine. spoilers. Fine, because there's not like there's no surprises. In the movie. That's true. That is true. There are zero surprises. Or then, is, that, is that itself a surprise? Mm. No. Nah. Nah. I think if you're a huge Elvis fan and you haven't seen it by now, you're not a huge Elvis fan. Well, that's on you. That's on you, baby. If you haven't seen Elvis, a movie yet, but uh, that's on you. <laughs> no matter how many shows do I need to put on? <laughs> Fun to talk like that. Fun to go, uh-huh. <laughs> do you think um, you need a weird voice to be maximally famous? I think it helps to have an identifiable. Un- yes, an identifiable voice. Yeah. I don't think either of us have a, that identifiable voice. I think you do. I don't think I do. I think I have a voice that actually the British hate, which is sort of hard <laughs> to pin down. Mid-Atlantic voice. That's accent, though. Right. Because your but your voice. And the way you vary it and stuff. Okay, when maybe. you're on stage, especially. Maybe is it unique? Oh, oh, oh the, the cars the, talking to us. What would you like to do? The cars, sort of, the cars, kind of Siri function. Has what would, an you, act, like, what has would you like an, to do, Phil? It has That's an activation the, word that we've still yet to figure out because it's come on like, randomly like the during Manchurian our conversation. But yeah. it sort of doesn't matter what we're talking about. What word are we saying? That's the other day it came on and it said, "What can I do for?" Sorry, <laughs> and just interrupted itself like it had realized it was talking out of turn. <laughs> what can I do for sorry? <laughs> and then it shut up again. It's like, oh god, that's awkward. You, you said that it, it sounded like it had walked in on us all naked. Yeah. <laughs> what can I do to uh, sorry? <laughs> and just, eh? shut the door again. I should have knocked. <laughs> yeah, really weird. <laughs> but I, um, uh, but I think on stage you've got. Um, on stage, you vary your voice and tone a lot yes. in a particular way, and also sometimes you say things in a more in a more Malaysian English way. Yeah, sometimes I yeah. There's a line in my stand-up in the show currently where I go, "Why? What happened? Who hurt you?" Yes, That's very Malaysian. Yeah, who hurt you? Who hurt you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that, and I, I really like as well. I don't know if it's Malaysian English, but it's just sort of something different. The intonation of a. He's sick. He's crazy, this guy. <laughs> He's crazy, this guy. <laughs> yeah. I, what happened actually with a bit of my comedy accent is a combination of Malaysian and sort of Jewish American. That kind of Seinfeld okay. kind of. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of similarities with the Malaysian and that Larry David kind of exasperation. Yes, yeah. Sort of hand gestures and stuff. Yeah. And sort of and ending a sentence on sort of. Uh, uh, a suspension, a suspended note. Going know. up, yeah. yeah. Yes, 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 yes. But I think, um, yeah, maybe I should, maybe I should start just doing stand up in Elvis's voice. Well, we're currently, yes, that'd be good. Um, good from evening, South Africa. Uh, South Africa originally. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> People would go, "What is this? what the hell is happening?" Uh, grew up on the Isle of Man. Grew up on the Isle of Man. Have you ever been to the Isle of Man? It's quite a place. Things like that. <laughs> That'd be good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, what? Uh, oh my god! Look at that. We've <gasps> just driven past a guy in one of those like uh, speed, like low to the ground speed racer. 
cars. Yeah, sort of old school uh, racing car shape, but you can tell it's new. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the the kind of race cars that would have been on the cover of a of a sort of adventure book in the fifties, sort of cigar yes, shaped. Yes, yes, or in sort of an enameled um, poster kind of uh, decoration. The, the kind of enamel they have for tat, for metal tat. But it's yeah. like a race car, an old school French race car. On yeah, it. shiny paint on thin metal That's it. stamped poster. That's it. Yes. We're currently driving from uh, Durham up to Glasgow. Yeah. And uh, it's beautiful. All these rolling hills and some race cars. Gorse bushes. The kind of towns where every house and the pub is on the same road and you drive past them all. Yeah. People throw eggs. Yeah, throw eggs. Get out! <laughs> they they're scared by the car. How is it moving? <laughs> <laughs> and the car's saying, what can I do to help you? And they're going, ah, it talks to us! Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Don't mind me. It can apologize. Ah! It's got a perception of social mores. <laughs> ah! Yeah. It seems to have a moral code. <laughs> it's aware when it's overstepped a social boundary. Kill it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, maybe one day, if we want to take a break, we should let ChatGPT write BudPod. That would be interesting. I don't yes. think, because none of our podcasts exist in text form. This is it, right? So clear this up for me. ChatGPT's input is entirely text-based. As far as I'm aware, yeah. It so when someone says, like, write something in the voice of Joe Rogan, what it's actually having to pick up on is, like, written down interviews of Joe Rogan. Yeah, and quotes from Joe Rogan. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, which, that's what I had suspected. Yeah, which if you're famous enough or prolific enough works, but... Um, yes. You know, for us, I don't know. It would probably end up summarizing, like the tweets about or from the account you know right right so, and obviously no robot could ever capture the majesty of this podcast that would be insane no thank god and that's no. why the air revolution will never take us no we'll be the last stand yes we'll be the alamo in the war against the ai creatives and i've seen terminator and it seems like the best thing to wear when you're fighting against advanced robots is leather jackets yes a lot of black leather jackets they can't see leather jackets. No, or they, they because <laughs> it is an organic material. Yeah, they go. That is a cow. That is cow skin. <laughs> cow is not dangerous. Yeah, cow is friend. Cow is friend. Yeah, the cows and the AIs will work together. <laughs> what a team up! That's why it's important. To, we just went past a sign that, for a place called Snod's Edge. That's the that's the kind of that's the part of the country we're in right now. We're in the we're in the RPG adventure part of the country. Yes. Things are called things like Snod's Edge. We're in Elder Scrolls country. Yeah, it's where you go to learn how to make potions. Snod's Edge. Here's a question: Would you rather the world was taken over by uh, an advanced AI, yeah, of our own making, mm. or an alien uh, species? An alien species. Yeah. What kind of aliens though? Sort of bug-like. Bug-like? Bug-like. What's their attitude to us? Mm, They want to... Well, both the AI and the bug aliens want to enslave us. Oh, that's what I was driving at. Okay, so we're being enslaved no matter what. Well, they're going to try. Oh, I see. They're going to try. 
Oh, I Which see. Which would you rather fight off? Because mm. if it's aliens, I reckon the fight is tougher. But if it's AI, you feel stupid because you made it. You feel silly. It's more embarrassing fighting an AI of your own making. It's Which is, by the way, yeah. the story of 75% of Iron Man movies. I don't know why they haven't got bored yeah. of that story. They anyway. do seem to keep going, you know how we made that AI? Yeah. It's bad again. It's bad. Oh, right. So okay. th this m there would have been no problem here if it weren't for the protagonist. Yeah. Can you fight it with quips and a kind of gun arm? And a sort yes. of casual filming style where people talk over each other. Yeah. Will, will that take him down? Or is it love? Yeah, will I'll, love beat uh, them? Let yeah. me guess. Is it love? Well, is it love and quips? Fart. Fart, fart, fart. Yes. Embarrassing. It is embarrassing. But I think maybe... I don't know. I think you can kind of beat the AI. You just need to blow up one nuclear weapon, right? And you'd, you'd, you'd fry the electronics of everything within range of the, the EMP. But there's everywhere. They have to nuke everywhere. No, I'm sure. But you just need, like, a little base of where all their technology is fried and the AI can't really go there. Oh, I mm, Right. Because are you are you are you telling me to imagine an advanced level of robotics that doesn't exist? Yes. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> like AI now, it would be like, well, I live on a hill, so yeah, I know. I you know. can't get me because there's yeah. no fucking charging points near this hill. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying Terminator, Skynet. Yeah, robots. Skeleton robots, very strong. Robots, yes. But not like not mm. like fantasy level strong. I think like Terminator is like fantasy level strength. Oh, it's made of liquid mercury. Come off it! <laughs> it's like you okay. could. It's like um, you could imagine the machine existing being built now. It's kind of like them, uh, the Boston Dynamics, the robot dogs. Yeah. Okay. I, st mm, I <sighs> the bug aliens. I think maybe they are outwittable. Yes. And yes. the AI, I think maybe you could trick. Yes, okay. Because I saw a thing about the AI where they'd, they'd put like a kind of um, a sort of a defense AI into the, like a machine gun on like a roundabout, like a kind of defense what? robot thing. A machine gun? Yeah, well, like a robot with a machine gun. You know what I mean? Like a, like a defense thing. Where? In the, they're in testing context? out. Yeah, Boston Dynamics are one of these companies. Oh, okay. So they put this thing and it's like if it sees a human shape, it shoots at it. Like okay. a border defense gun. Oh, right, okay, okay. In their own testing grounds. They didn't go out and find a roundabout and just put this... No, they did it in New York. They did it to see if it could kill as many civilians as possible. No, they were <laughs> well, testing it out. Well, that's why I was surprised. No. It, it also, there are no roundabouts in America. Sometimes, in some places, they've got a couple. Interesting. Maybe in New England. Yeah. Anyway, the point, Phil, mm. is that this thing was incredibly good at detecting humans and shooting at them in the simulations. Right. So they got a bunch of Marines and said, sneak up on this thing. <laughs> it's got 360 degree vision, thermal, you name it. Great. Um, and two Marines managed to sneak up to it and touch it, which is the goal. Yeah. Uh, just under a cardboard box, like solid snake. Oh, see. Because the AI is like, well, that's a box. Great. That's not a person. Great. It's like, yeah, but the box is slowly fucking moving towards you and giggling. Right. And the AI is like, yeah, that's fine, though, because it's a box. <laughs> Good. So I think okay, AI so is easier to time. trick than you think. We've got some time left. Yeah, we've got some time yet. Phew. And another w uh, guys did it. They got up uh, to it and touched it dressed as trees. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Because that's a tree, you know. Excellent. So this is a relief. This is good to hear. But this is what I'm saying is that I'm trying to decide between this sort of outwitting AI kind of thing where it's like, oh, on a technicality, I beat the AI because of its programming. Yeah. 
or um, it turns out the bugs can't get the flu. You know, the the War of the Worlds. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, as in the bugs. If the bugs get the flu, they die straight away. Yeah, or it turns out they're allergic to like love. Know, yeah, love, or you know, bark or something. <laughs> That's quite accessible here on Earth. Yeah, great, great, great. So I'm trying to figure out which of those two is more likely. Yeah, I think I'd want to fight. I think I'd want to fight off the. I think I want to fight off the bugs actually. Yeah. Because I don't think I could bear the. Uh, <laughs> the I, I've just got an iPad, Pierre, and I don't think I could shoot it. I can't shoot it. You're such an engineer that you'd I love rather it too much. you'd rather fight a load of massively advanced bugs. Yeah. Than hurt a really impressive piece of technology. Honestly, I'd rather kill. I'd rather shoot a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> you know how people say we we don't deserve dogs. I think that about machines and computers. We yeah. deserve silicon. You, <laughs> you think that about um, the ordering screens in McDonald's and uh, like uh, smart toasters and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I actually mentioned, I told this story on, um, on the Adam Buxton podcast. When I moved house, I was very depressed and sad yes. until I unboxed my kettle, my coffee maker, and my toaster. Yeah. And I genuinely felt like the gang was back together. <laughs> honestly. Really? Yeah, it made me feel so much better to get My them friends out. are here again. Yeah, really, honestly. I felt like it was a fucking toy story. My blue lit friends. <laughs> oh, no, I never. I don't buy anything with blue, a blue LED light. Oh, do you not? No. What do you I, go for? I solid gross. I said anything that has a, like a solid blue light when I, for the whole time it's on, I think yeah. it's horrible. It's disgusting. What about um, so? What do you go for? Enameled or chrome solid? I like them DeLonghi typey. We're pretending we're in Fallout style. Uh, okay. Enamel metal styly things, mm. you know. And the lights are all either to neutral crystal LED or amber or red or yellow or white. Yes, yes. No blue. You don't buy kitchenware that makes you feel like you're in a near future sci-fi. Yeah, no, thank you. Black Mirror. Yeah. No Black Mirror kettles for you. No bleep bloop kettles. No. <laughs> no. No bleep bloops. <laughs> okay, well, it's. I'm trying. I've got a laptop on my lap, which I guess is the, where it should be. I've got a microphone in my hand, and it's. We'll try and do some correspondence. Correspondence. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ring 
correspondence. It's quite the sight here, listener. Pierre yeah. has a laptop on his lap, as God intended. He's holding the microphone with his hand, as God intended. And he's got his mobile phone in his hand, as God intended. Every A place for everything and everything in his place. Yeah, it's... um. It does feel illegal. What we're doing, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bud Pod has always felt a bit illegal. You do look like the hacker character. I'm, yeah, I'm in. I'm in, yeah, in a, in, a, in a thriller movie. I've somehow managed to hack a safe that has no digital element. <laughs> so dumb. Stupid. Also, like, there's a progress bar on the big progress bar. When it finishes, it says hacking complete. Yeah, yeah. Access granted. <laughs> yeah, thank God they had that progress bar. It would have been really hard to know when my hacking was done. So stupid. Every hacking scene in a film should just be a guy putting on a voice and ringing every like f- low-level person in a company. He's going, I forgot my password. What's your, can I use your account? Oh, please. Susan's so angry with me. I can't ask her again. That would be the hacking. Yeah. Anyway, just wearing wearing down people who work in a call center. That's yeah. really lacking. Wearing down human human uh, level security. Uh, oh, it's no, that's patron correspondence. Oh, ah, ah, ah. no, uh, no, no, uh, no, not quite. Pupula. Ah, 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 pupu. No, for we not have a message from James. James. Don't be lames. Tell us your correspondence. You better not be lames, James. Um, Okay. James says, Dear Defilcate and De Pierre. Okay. I know Defilcate's Defilcate. What's De Pierre? De De Pierre. D-E-R and then Pierre. Derriere? Must be Derriere. 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 Pierre. Okay. I've been really enjoying the pod's perspective of international Britishisms, as I'm a Chinese-British myself and, oh. grew, up, and grew up in Indonesia. Hello, brother. In Indonesia. What's he building in there? Like a parallel world Phil Wang. <laughs> mm. Yes, that is like, yeah, because Indonesia's the other sort of big country in the region. Indonesian Wang. Gosh, can it be? Can it be? Could it happen? Which, what would, what would be different? Between us. Yeah. I reckon he doesn't have glasses, but he does have braces. Interesting. Yeah. The glasses of the mouth. (laughs) The glasses of the mouth. Uh, He says, uh, but alas, I can't grow a goatee either. Further praise redacted, but I thought you would uh, offer up a tat phenomenon for you to enjoy. Ooh. Uh, back in 2021, swathes of American live-laugh lovers are going mad over the intensely mediocre homewares designed by Ray Dunn. To the point that suppliers are being told not to reveal when new shipments are arriving. Wow. Right. Is this a, a story? So this is an old story. To? Ray Dunn. Yeah. This is a designer. So this Ray is a Dunn. story called Girls Just Want to Have Done. <laughs> <laughs> How Ray oh, Dunn is no, causing like women that. to fight and get into debt over mugs. Whoa. Beg pardon? Wow. What's so, so good about these mugs? Um, I don't know. There's viral TikToks about them and stuff. And what's... What's on them? What's it about? Oh, it all just says things like trick or treat and marshmallow and whatever. Just like just words of what what gulp sip deck the halls. That is gross. Yuck! But that, ugh, that's like level one tat, and they're k- killing each other over it. People stand around like vultures and even get into fights over Ray Dunn mugs that cost about nine dollars. Wow! Wow! 
God damn. Yeah, it must have been some weird TikTok trend. Yeah, James says the piranha consumer frenzy of affordably priced tat is gently amusing in the face of all the actual horror <laughs> uh, in the headlines lately. I hope this tickles your A-car. A-car. Acha. Pickle. Oh! Ah, tickle your pickle. Very Tickles good. Tickles my acha. A little crypto crossword there for me. Sneaky, sneaky That's James. Malay, or in, in James's case, Indonesian for pickle acha. Indonesia. Indonesia. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for writing in, brother. Yeah. Uh, always good to hear. Okay, well, we actually we have some more... Um, we have some more stuff about your homeland, Philip. Oh, how about this? It is from this message, Lookman. Lookman's got in touch before, I think. Oh, Lookman, yes. I remember Lookman. Yeah. What, what great luck, man. What great luck, man. Um, and the, the subject line is decorrespondence. Decorrespondence. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like like um, Mrs. Brown's boys, the, the movie. movie. Great. Dear Chirrut and Birrit. Oh, there, I guess. So that's Chirrut Birrit is Malay for diarrhea. Is it? Yeah, Chirrut Birrit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's Dear Dyer and Rhea. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty what much, yeah. Said, Cheer it and bear it. After having attended Budpot Live recently, your chat about oh, Michelle Yeoh's recent wins has brought two Malaysian habits to mind that I believe both of you will enjoy. Okay. Number one. Malaysians, alongside their love of kuti... Oh, chuti. Chuti. Yeah, chuti. it's a holiday as we... Oh, of course, we the day off. About, yeah. Chuti. Alongside their love of chuti... Also are completely incapable of not claiming someone successful, no matter how tenuous their link to Malaysia may be. Mm. Excellent examples of this are the outrageous claim that Bruce Lee was in fact a Malaysian Wow, bloke, I've not heard this one. Whose real name was, was Badruddin. Come on. Badruddin B. Rusli. And that oh, that's, that's silly. They're just And that the Team GB swimmer Ben Proud has roots in Malaysia because he went to school there. Yeah, that's, that, funny. Yeah, that's fair enough. Number two, Malaysians love sticking a D in front of any word. Detat, if you will. Yes, yeah, yeah. So um, th this is to make like a restaurant or something sound uh, more fancy. One of my favorite haunts, places to eat, and one of the places that got me um, my fattest as a child Oh yeah, was a place in KK where I grew up called J&R De Corner. Just D apostrophe corner. <laughs> De Corner. De Corner. Really? Yeah. yeah, lots of shops would just throw a D at the start or something. Well, his example here that he sent is, is Derbs. For herbs. <laughs> so well, is this a shop sign, is it? That's yeah, buy herbs. one, get one sale for Derbs activewear. <laughs> Act now while supplies last. Derbs. 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 And he's included a screenshot of restaurants. Yeah, we've got De Chow Kit restaurant. Yep. De Cafe. Yep. Classic. Very De, Malaysian. De Tandur. De Tandur. Brilliant. De Kenyang. De Kenyang. Um, oh, Kenyang is Malay for full. Okay. Satisfied. Ah. And the list goes on. Thank you for your excellent De Podcast De Podbuds. <laughs> Uh, Teruskan Melanchap. I'll keep on jacking it. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, Teruskan Melanchap to you, look, man. Well, I'm not, yeah, Melanchap, I've not actually heard the word Melanchap before. There must be, there must be jacking it then. Yeah. Uh, P.S. <laughs> some tat from an ex-girlfriend's mum that is slightly closer to our frigid shores. Um, so let's see if you can w uh, whisper this, Phil. Let's see if you can de-whisper this. <laughs> let's de-whisper this. De de decipher is already fancy. Decipher. Yeah. Yeah. It's already a D. Yeah. The decipher. It comes fancy to decipher. Um, blank is to the body what laughter is to the blank. Blank is to the body what laughter is to the blank. Laughter is to the soul? 
You've got that. Blank is Nailed to that. the body. Is it alcohol? No. Okay, blank is... <laughs> food? No. Cake. You're in the wrong room of the house, I'll say. Oh, dear. Yeah. Blank is to the body. What laughter is to the soul. Yeah. Sleep. Mm. Sex. No. Kissing. This is still tat on a wall. Yeah, okay. In Mom a different room, not outside the kitchen. TV, where else? Driving, toilet, washing. Laughter is to the soul. Sunshine. No, no, no. It's very much something relating to a room. Gosh. In the house. You've said the room. Bed. No. Oh, no. Ba bathing baths. Yeah. Baths. No. But you, you get anything, yeah? Pooping. <laughs> no. What? No, I'm no. so confused. Okay, to be fair, it's not an abstract noun. It's, a, it's an object. It's tangible. Whereas oh. laughter is intangible. Soap? How's our souls? Yes! Soap. What? I don't think I don't get a didgeridoo for that, I think. Soap is to the body what laughter is to the soul. Oh. Okay, yeah. right. <laughs> and so they're saying that laugh, laughter is a cl has a cleansing effect, but really, it's the wrong way around. You say laughter is the soul, what soap is to the body. Yeah, yeah, and also, you? you can't really schedule... The body, of course. The body, sorry. You can't, you can't really schedule the soap... De laughter in the same way as de soap. That's that's true. That's true. Yeah. You also don't rub laughter all over you. No, you don't I've rub tried. laughter all over you. I've tried. We've, we've both tried. It would uh, really it'd be good for our careers if that was possible. Um, we have a massage from Helena. Hel well, no, actually, looking at the from, it's Helena, Soph, and Joe. Helena, Soph, and Joe. This is a, a three-hander correspondence. Yeah. Wow. The subject line is the tale of the traveling vomit. I like to think they're all sat together at the keyboard, all the, like a duet at a piano, but it's three of them at a laptop keyboard. Yeah, and they're typing with their heads kind of thrown back, like they're in a musical. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Hi, Will Fang and Nier Pavelli. Lovely stuff. It's good. Another front sleeper here. No! Ugh. Uh, they're all coming out of the woodwork now. People who sleep on their front like they've been shot. With their smushed up noses. Yeah, with their pug face. <laughs> all smushed. Spend the whole day having to like, put your thumb in your mouth and blow to pop your face back out <laughs> like in a cartoon. God, I didn't know so many so psychopaths listen to this podcast, <laughs> but okay. So, it's explained, Helena explains. No, I sleep with my arms trapped under my torso. Insane. And my head turned to the side underneath a pillow. What? So the head is under the pillow? Like she's Whoa. trying to block out some noise? Many men whom I have had romantic trysts with have woken up in the night and thought I was dead. <laughs> it's good to keep them on their toes. Yeah, I bet. Fuck my me. Oh, God. Anyway, I dragged a couple of my friends, Soph and Joe, to Budpod Live 2 last week. Great. Yay! Thank you very much. And not only have now they now become historians, but they have a story so majestically foul we had to share it. Oh, Lord. Mm. Here we go. It's 2010. Southampton University. Okay. We're, yeah. We're in Jesters, the infamous club that was widely known to be the second worst in the UK. Oh, interesting. Where well, we yeah. were just in Durham, which was meant to have the worst in Europe. Yeah, for a while. 
um, the official worst had recently burnt down. So things were looking up for this mighty establishment. Oh, there you go. The toilets in this club were a treasure trove of horrors. Six feet below ground level, coffin depth. Oof. Always flooded, wet toilet paper smeared across every wall. In the woman's bathroom, there was a double toilet. Two toilets, one cubicle. Two Ugh. toilets, one cubicle. What? what? Frequently populated by drunken strangers who had teamed up to empty their bowels Oh my together. god, this is the worst thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. Oh my god, tour manager Paul is very upset by this. <laughs> Staring into each other's eyes, Paul's grunting. swerving in the road, he's so upset by this. Paul's going to... Yeah, Paul's, Paul's going to stop the car. That is a viral <laughs> video, yeah. Two toilets, one cubicle. Yeah, Horrible. Exactly. That sounds even worse than two girls, one cubicle. Um, <clears throat> in the men's toilets, the guys would stack up all their empty glasses into a pyramid and try and piss into it like a champagne pyramid. A real Great Gatsby meets the piss goblin from Pierre's Edinburgh show. Yes, I my God. Wow. Wow. Men are very ingenious when it comes to being horrid. Yes, it's our main passion. I salute it. Um, I paint you this picture so that you're grounded in the setting of what happened next. Mm-hmm. Mm. A drunken man lumbered off the dance floor and towards the toilets, retching in a manner that could only mean danger was at hand. But alas, the men's toilets had a queue, and there was clearly no way he would last that long. In a state of panic, he opened his mouth and projectile vomited. <sighs> His hot, sour mouthful of sick smacking into one of the filthy bathroom walls <sighs> with such force that it ricocheted back and hit him in the face. She's underlined that for emphasis, oh, and rightly so. No. Bah. I think there's a kind of justice to that. Yeah, na- in God's justice. Yeah. Natural justice. Flabbergasted by his own power, he gave his face a brusque wipe with his sleeve and silently <gasps> stumbled away. <sighs> to where? I hate England sometimes. <laughs> I really hate England. I try. I love it, but sometimes England makes it very hard. I sort of admire it, and I and I I have the same rueful affection for this I have as if I was like returning to the Thunderdome. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a place where blood means something. <laughs> you know, it's savage, but there's there's beauty in the savagery. Um, he wiped his mouth with his sleeve and silently stumbled off to where we never knew. Will this be a story he will remember the next day? Will he one day gather his grandchildren around and give them a cautionary tale? Or will he, was he so drunk he would simply forget it and the moment will be lost in the hazy mists of myth and legend? We will never know. But we feel like we have fulfilled some kind of destiny in sharing it with the Church of Dirty Boys and Girls. Um, yes, thank you. And thank you for bringing two new disciples to the Church of Dirty Little Boys yes, and Dirty Little Girls. Yes, um, A horrible story. For me, actually, the most horrible part of the story is just hearing about the double toilet cubicle. Yeah, it's it's like in a horror movie where where it's you only sore, you it? only see the ghost's like hand. Uh, it's much yeah. more scary for the lack of detail. The unseen horror is scarier than the seen horror. Yeah, and that's definitely the case with the big toilet here. The double, the double. Awful, awful, awful. The dibby uh, dub. Uh, well, I think that's that's the end of Carpod. That's the end of Carpod, and now it's time to get into the back of the stretch limo of the Patreon. Yes, but thank you for listening. Um, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, bye. Thank you. Tom manager Paul says bye. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.